Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Trez Paler Show, as we're on the uh, Super Bowl edition of the Trez Paler Show. It's always fun following those guys, the uh, Chiefs radio booth in here, talking about the big game. It gets my juices flowing. But now it's time to start talking to Trez Paler, senior NFL writer, Yahoo Sports, who's all over media today. Give him a follow at Trez Paler. He's also a Hall of Fame voter and a Hall of Fame guy. Good evening, Trez. Think, my man, are you ready? Football extravaganza on Sunday, baby. Man, I, I am ready, Trez. Today's media day. You know, they were talking about it earlier. Today's the, you know, today was Zoom. It was a lot less. Uh, did you think it was a lot more tame than usual with the yes. questions? I mean, there's a few silly questions, but not a lot of them. Not a lot of them. Not the typical media day. Yeah, no, I, yeah, that's for sure. And I'm okay with that, to be honest. Me too. Um, it, it, media night typically stinks for reporters as we try to shout our questions to uh, <laughs> subjects that we need to legitimately get for legitimate stories and interviews. Uh, but we're shouting them, trying to trying to get our questions asked uh, ahead of people in Halloween mass. So I, <laughs> I'm actually not I actually did not hate this setup. I, I, I thought, you know, they, it, it gave us an opportunity to get the questions we needed to get asked. And even if you missed it the first time around, they uh, they even let you kind of come back later and get it in, which wouldn't be the case back in the old format. I got your question, so I was listening for some <laughs> Trez Baylor. Gronk had a little fun with you. We'll have fun with that, too. Uh, but uh, no, this media, it reminds Gronk, me, man. you know Dick Cagle, right? The guy from the Star that wrote for the Royals yes, all those years. Yes, Dick I, was the best. Oh, yes. he was, man. But I felt so bad for him, man, because guys like you were on the beat, man. You were on the Chiefs beat, and I remember in 14 – and 15, there'd be like 300 people lined up at the Royals locker room, right? Midsummer, mm-hmm. there was like Dick Cagle, me, like Vern, a couple other, like four people, right? And there's Dick Cagle at the end of this line, right? <laughs> like 300 mm-hmm. people going to do his story, even though on rainy nights against the Twins on a Tuesday, he's always there, right? I, I feel bad for him in that situation. No, nah, I, I totally get it, man. I totally get it, but um, <laughs> uh I did not hate this setup. Um, I, I do hope we can get back in locker room soon because we lose so much as far as our ability to kind of relate to guys' goals. But all things considered, man, I'm just glad there was a season, to be honest, and that it looks like we're that we're going to finish it, which is a major accomplishment. Yeah, the Chiefs uh, dispatched to the Bills, and this is more like a business trip. The Chiefs are the only undefeated team in the NFL. They're going on Saturday, playing a football mm-hmm. game, and coming back. But, of course, the big news of the day, Therese, close contacts, and this is something the NFL yeah. didn't want to see. 
Uh, D-Rob and uh, Kilgore can still play. They're close contacts, but they're they're pushing the limits. Right? They're pushing the limits of what close contact rules are, and we'll have to see where this goes. But here is, uh, as the news was breaking, uh, Mahomes was on one press conference. Cody was monitoring that. I was watching the Travis Kelsey one. But here's uh, what Mahomes said about D-Rob. Yeah, obviously D-Rob's a, a big a big part of our offense, and hopefully he's out there with us. Um, but if not, I mean, we have guys that have stepped up all season. So we just try to prepare uh, to, to be the best team that we can be, and whoever's available is available. And here was Kelsey as the news broke. I hope that, uh, I hope that one, it wasn't a positive test for either one of them, and I hope that it's um... – you know, they stay COVID free. They go through the protocol. I, I, like I, I kind of mentioned it before, man, I can only imagine. I don't even want to imagine what it would be to, to have to miss the Super Bowl because of COVID. And, um, you know, hopefully our guys, my brothers can uh, can get back into the locker room and on the field uh, and, and, and get out there because it, it just it wouldn't feel right going into a Super Bowl without those guys. It was uh, the immediate reaction. They're, of course, they're close contacts. But I like what he says there. And this, this shows the team's closest. My brothers. I want to see my brothers play in this football game. It's a real reflection of who they are. Yeah, and they, they take a lot of pride in sticking together. Um, you know, I think it's a culture thing, like within the team and the players. Like, that that's what they're about, man. You know, that's really uh, that that's really what they believe in doing. So, you know, and all these guys talk about it, and it starts with the leaders, and I think that helps make – I hope that ensures it. You know, I think that really ensures that. Well, Therese, here was a, was media day. Now, they're going to have media sprinkled out throughout the week. But today, the Chiefs, each player, or there's ten, uh, nine or ten players that spoke for like 45 minutes. I happened to be listening to the Gronk one, and I heard your fantastic question, the Gronk. <laughs> That's a great question, Therese. All right. I guess we will go to... Good question. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't ask a question, and Gronk loved it. Gronk is awesome. Um <laughs> So here's the thing. Here's what happens sometimes. You know, you can choose to go into different like rooms because it's all virtual. Well, yeah, a bunch of rooms I, you had to I got go two in. computers fired up. I got two. I got you two computers more. fired up. One for Tom Brady, one for Gronk. So I raised my hand at the front. And mind you, Bank, there's a hundred people on these calls. Oh, I got there's your questions to both of them because you least. eventually got it to Gronk. But I loved I it, did. man. I did, but hold on, though, right? There's a hundred people on these calls. Yeah. So I raised my hand at the front, figuring, you know, best case scenario for each of these guys, I'd go, you know, fifth <laughs> or then eighth. I was the first person called for both guys. Yeah, you were. Do you understand the odds of that? <laughs> it was. You were the first question right off the bat. Then Gronk takes that. You can hear the sip. He takes his well, cup listen. and he sips it. Goes. That's a great question, Trez. Well, listen, I'm not going to apologize for prioritizing Tom Brady. Okay, you got to do Brady. <laughs> I got your and question. Gronk was great. I got him later. He was great. I know you do, and I got that I got that cut for you. I got that cut for you. But a business trip for the Chiefs this weekend. I tell you what, uh, Therese, and I want to talk about this guy a little bit because he's getting a lot of praise. And we talk about the quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, of this offense all the time. But this defense is going to need to step up in this game because you're facing Tom Brady. Here was uh, Tom Brady on the Honey Badger. Very, very glowing reviews. And this, Listen, you can tell by this soundbite, Tom Brady does his homework. It reminds me of Peyton Manning, right? He knows all about you. Yeah, it's very important. Um, really love Tyron as a player and, uh, you know, competed against him. Saw him in college, loved his game. Uh, got drafted by the Cardinals, uh, an incredible, talented player. 
um, great leader, uh, loves football, uh, is a student of the game. I could tell he watches a lot of film. Um, he's in on the quarterback. He wants to know what that quarterback's doing. And there's a lot of versatility. He played corner in college, played safety, played nickel. So he can cover guys, can cover tight ends, can cover receivers, can blitz. Um, so he's just one of those uh, incredibly talented players that can really do it all. And I think you, you definitely, as a quarterback, better be aware of where he's at or else he'll change the game. And, uh, you know, I, got, I really love him as a player. I think he's got great ball hawking ability. Um, he seems like he's always comes up with the biggest plays and the biggest moments. He's got seven interceptions this year. So uh, you better believe I'll have an idea where he's at on every play because uh, I'm not going to let him just, you know, roam around and make a bunch of plays. He'll, I'm sure he'll make his fair share, but hopefully uh, I can keep the ball out of his hands. You know, they seem concerned about him a little bit, Therese, because of the way that he kind of baits quarterbacks, like he did Mayfield. Oh, yeah. He can, Tom Brady, I mean, you can tell how much homework these guys do, right? You know he played corner no, in college, no. slot, corner on the outside. He knew a lot. This reminded me of Peyton Manning when he talked about Marcus Cooper. Remember Marcus Cooper, the old cornerback for the Chiefs? Oh, I remember Marcus yeah, yeah, Cooper. Yeah, man. Marcus Cooper. He, like, Peyton Manning Marcus. knew exactly where he was drafted. Knew he was drafted 252 in round seven in 2013. Like, he knew yeah. that. Like, Manning knew that these, these are the students of the game, and Brady knew everything about the Honey Badger. Bruce Arians was talking about him today, too. I think he could be a major, and I'm talking a major factor in this game because we've seen Brady fold twice in the final two minutes, once against the Rams and once against the Bears, where he forgot what down it was, right? So Yeah, and I yeah, my bad bank. I just no, I, Go ahead. I just think that yeah, no no problem. I think Ben I, I think Matthew, I think he's gonna have a role in it. Especially he's really fun to watch. The Chiefs like to play cover two and then use like the Badger as like a whole player. And like he's so good at it. <laughs> you know? And I, I think that kind of disguise and that type of movement just a little before the snap and post-snap is like what's really necessary to comp to confuse Brady. Like one of his interceptions last week came when there was a late blitzing guy who came unblocked off off the edge and Brady just threw it up, you know? It was a well-schemed play and a nice blitz, but that just goes to show if you can just disguise things on Brady, you at least have a chance. But this version of Brady, even though he's 43, is actually pretty good. Like, he's throwing with some real velocity. There were times in that game I was like, golly, Brady hummed that one in there. <laughs> like, you know, he he does have arm strength. But I think players like the Honey Badger, I think their corners, you know, Breland, Ward, these guys are going to be important because the 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 Bucks' weapons offensively at the skill positions are really strong. And they're going to need that same sticky covers they had against the Bills to keep this this team under control because with a quarterback like Brady who's pocket bound you you want to rush the passer you want to play cover two so you can undercut the short routes but cover two man but you also want to like you you want to sugar the a gaps a little bit you want to get guys in his face um, and, and that's where I think if Badger can roam a little bit he might be able to sniff out some of those hot throws or some of those hot reads and make some plays. You know what? You actually asked Tom Brady this question because this is a different looking team than what the Chiefs saw. Remember, he was 0 for 24 and throws past 20 yards. It was much different Tom Brady than what the Chiefs are going to be facing. This was your question to Tom Brady about just that. Hey, man. Hey, look, I was just curious. Um, I talked a little bit to Byron Leftwich earlier about what um, your relationship was like, how you guys worked together to build the offense. I was just hoping you could 
kind of elaborate on, especially with the way the offense has looked the last month and a half, like how did you guys work together maybe around the bye week to really craft an offense that, that really plays on some of your skills, including the play action? Yeah, I think Byron's done um, an incredible job. And um, he's a great guy. We have a great relationship. I've known him for a long time. Uh, we're about the same age and uh, played against him. Um, always have a lot, always had a lot of respect for him. And then now that we're working together, it's, uh, it's been great. He's got a great work ethic, um, great football IQ. And, um, you know, it's just been a growing process for, for both of us and growing together. And, uh, you know, when you work together for a long period of time, you start, you know, we begin to see, um, the game very similar. You know, he's when he's watching film, he thinks, oh, this is what Tom would like and vice versa. So it's taken some time to get there because we didn't have obviously a lot of the things that we normally have with with uh, football. And over the last, um, you know, couple months, you know, we certainly execute a little bit better. And that's a credit to all the coaches, all the players who have really um, worked hard to get us to the point we're at in this season, which is six game, six days to go and one game left, and uh, it's it's for everything. So I'm excited to see what we can come up with for Sunday. So that was your question to Tom Brady today, Therese. And, you know, the, the, the relationship between Leftwich and Brady, of course we all know the story where he went to the wrong house thinking he was in Leftwich's in the wrong living room. That did happen to Tom. But that relationship is growing. And, hey, I watched Tom Brady last week in a press conference, not to, for the Super Bowl, it was, before, it was the week before, the dead mm-hmm. week there. And he was talking about not knowing guys' names or not knowing guys personally on defense. He knows their names, but they play at a different side of the ball. They're in different meeting rooms, and they eat different times because of COVID. And he'd like to get to know them better. That's that continuity issue. But I do feel like they're gelling a little bit. We've talked a lot about the Bucks this year. The up and down, the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. But things seem to be going better with Tom Brady and Leftwich down the stretch. It certainly does. And I think they finally crafted an offense that fits what they do best, right? I mean, they, they, they run the ball when necessary, but there's a healthy amount of play action. They're great in the red zone. Brady is great at play action. You know, I, I like what they've got there, man. I've liked the, the, the rhythm they settled into. The, the the offense now more than ever feels like something Brady's extremely comfortable in. Um and I think I think Leftwich deserves a lot of credit for that. I mean he he's running this offense, man. Like Bruce Arians said that today. And with the amount of love, the amount of love he got from a lot of people I talked to today. Um you know, I hope that people understand everything this guy is bringing to the table. And you know, he's another guy, just like the enemy, where it's crazy he didn't even get a call for a head coaching yeah. opportunity. He didn't even get an interview. And the job he's done this year, um, I think it. I think he deserves it. I know people want to give you know Brady a lot of credit. He definitely deserves it. But he did this hand in hand with Byron, man. And um, you know, hopefully at some point he starts getting a little love because you you listen to Byron Leftwich talk, and he's another guy. I, I think I think he I think he could be a head coach. I think he he can he can represent your franchise, man. He's he's good at it, you know. And I, I think he he's got proven leadership chops too. So. One more guy, you know, hopefully they get a chance down the road, man. Well, I don't know if it's going to be uh, Tyreek Hill tearing up Davis again or it's going to rely on the tight ends in this game. It very well could come down to Gronk and Kelsey in this game. You had a chance to talk to both of them today, Trez. We'll play that when we come back on the Trez Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to the Trez Paler Show, Monday nights at 7, 610 Sports Radio. 
you, Kelsey, on the same field together. I know you got a lot of Kelsey questions, but you guys have changed the game for tight ends. Um, my question to you is like, you've been very complimentary, Kelsey, but like, are, do you guys have a friendship or have you guys talked before? Like, how cool are you guys with each other? Or is it just mutual respect on the clock? I met him like once or twice. I did a little interview thing with him when I was working with Fox last year. Uh, I feel like we got a lot of mutual respect for each other, uh, big time. I mean, you know, what he has done for the position of the tight end, uh, like I, I can only have respect for that. Uh, you know, not just, you know, not just the awareness he put, he's also gotten tight ends. He's, uh, he's brought the pay level to another, to another scale. Uh, he brought, he brought the awareness, you know, to another level the, uh, each year in and out, um, along with myself. So it's just mutual respect. Uh, every time I met him, he seems like a great dude, uh, a great guy. And, uh, you know, what's like what I said, what's most impressive about him uh, which you gotta, you know, give hats off to because it's it's rare to see it. Is that he gets better year in and year out in the NFL, and and that's rare to see. Great question there by Therese to Gronk. He gets better every year. Talking about Kelsey, which we know is true, as he set the receiving yards record. Bunch of mutual respect there. They don't really hang out that much. It sounds like yet. But there's a lot of mutual respect, <laughs> including the pay scale. It gives some tight ends some respect. Gronk talked a lot about that today. Yeah, I thought that was cool, right? Um, yeah, it doesn't sound like they're like close or anything, but they do respect each other. They hell, they might even like each other, you know. Just, um, but but they definitely respect what the other has meant to the game of football and the different skills each other brings to the table. And you know, I, I think we're gonna spend a lot of time this week dissecting Kelsey versus versus Gronk, but they're a little different type of players. What we do know is that for who they are, for what they are, they've helped expand the importance of the tight end position. And that needs to be respected no matter where you rank these guys, one, two. But one thing I will say, Kelsey seems to be rolling pretty good here, whereas Gronk seems to be, you know, I mean, he just retired not too long ago. They're both the same age. Kelsey strikes me as somebody that's going to want to play for a while. Like, I think there's a chance that Kelsey can usurp him. And stats-wise, um, it's, it's actually a lot closer than you think in every category except touchdowns yeah. where Gronk just blows him away. So I actually think Kelsey knows he has more work to do, but I actually think he's going to do that work. I, I think there's a chance Gronk, that Kelsey can surpass him one day. Who's the better tight end? To this year's Kelsey. Like, there's no doubt. Like, Kelsey's a lot better this year. We're, we're just talking about, like, all, all the, like, overall accomplishments. Like, Gronk still has him, but barely. Um, just the touchdown margin, which he, acknowledged was which Kelsey acknowledged is significantly larger but um you know if, if Kelsey wins this game and I I think he plays a little while longer I, I think there's a chance man I do I really do um just because Kelsey is a receiver in a receiving game um and I think he loves football so much he's gonna keep playing a while man so like this is something that can really happen well they're about the same age Grok came in really in 2010, and started to put up some numbers. He does sit there with 86 touchdowns, the 48 from Kelsey. I feel like, Kelsey, the touchdowns are starting to come up a little bit. They're starting exactly. to rise a little bit with he's Kelsey. But he's got the yardage, you know, and then the catches. Yeah, man. And he's got Mahomes. Like, this year, there's no doubt the better tight end is Kelsey. But we're just talking about overall, like, the scope of their careers. You know, I, I think most people would acknowledge, even Kelsey, 
that Gronk's career has been a little greater, but I do think it's within reach for Kels to get there. Um, I'm, I'm not kidding. As long as he has Mahomes and he's a chief, like he could really put a huge dent in that touchdown um, difference before it's all said and done. I think I think Gronk has 86 and Kels has 48. Yeah, it's exactly right. Kelsey was also asked today on, on his, when we flip over to Travis Kelsey here, if he and Tyreek will go down as the best wide receiver tight end combination in the league. And I want to get your opinion. Here's the, here's the sound bite, but I want to get your opinion if this is the best duo in, in the NFL. Without a doubt, man. I, I feel like it, it, it's, it's something that's never really been talked about between me and him. Um, but we know what we're both capable of. And uh, we know how much we feed off of each other's success and what we, what we can do to help each other get open out there on the field. Um, Coach Reed and, and Pat and the offensive staff have done an unbelievable job of just making this offense uh, friendly for the for the guys in it, meaning that we're always in an opportunity to have success as players. And, and when you can get that opportunity game in, game out, and, and on top of that, do it with guys that you, that you love being in the locker room with, you love hanging out uh, outside of the locker room with, just great people, man, it's um, – it, it builds a bond, it builds a brotherhood, and it builds a family that, uh, that that you can just enjoy coming into work every single day with, man. Because that was what I was talking to CDOT earlier, and I was kind of wondering how they're going to go about their differences. Jordan Whitehill, the starting safety, shoulder, knee injury, he's probably not even going to dress for this game. Antoine Winfield did not play against the Packers. But if you take two guys to bracket Hill and Kelsey, that's four guys. You have one guy spying on Mahomes, that's five. Like The running lanes should be open, but... Uh, is the best duo in the NFL, Kelsey and Hills, is something the Bucks need to really be concerned about? Because Tyreek Hill destroyed them the first game. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think this – I mean, this is arguably the best trio in football. Okay. Right? Let's just call it for what it is. You know, it, I mean, it's right there. And um, you can take away one, and good defense can take away two, but you can't take away three. And even if they devote resources to stopping Kels and uh, Ty – you know, these other guys are getting single coverage or Pat can just run. Like, you can't do all that, you know, and that's where the Chiefs bust you up. So, I, I mean, as long as Mahomes is mobile and he can get out and, like, hurt you with his legs, you, there's really no stopping these guys. So I, I think the Bucks have to play physical. I think they have to try to get after Patrick with a four-man rush. I think if they can play with a four-man rush and le- legitimately pressure him the way they did Rodgers last week, I think that can change the numbers a little bit. But, I mean, the emphasis for this game has to be on the big, bad Bucks defensive line. The pressure's on Sue, they, Barrett, Pierre, Paul to, to, to win this game for them because they're looking at the Chiefs' two tackles and they're looking at a team without um, LaRon Duvernay-Tardy. If this is a team without – it's three starting offensive linemen from last year's Super Bowl team, right? Um, they got to look at this and say, hey, we're going to win this game. And it's something that could happen. That's where I'll be keeping my eye on. The offensive line has to come up huge for the Chiefs. Well, speaking of the offensive line, we know Mike Rimmer is going to be a large task ahead. Here was Shaq Barrett, his thought about playing Rimmers the first time he was in the Super Bowl with the Broncos playing the Panthers. So uh, we did uh, talk about it. I know Vaughn was saying that, yeah, like that he went against him five years ago in the Super Bowl. I'm like, yeah, that is crazy. And I'm going to be I, – I was matched up against him, but they did move him to the other side of that tackle, so I'm going to be matched up against him for the whole game. But I will get over there and get some free rushes against him. But it's it's crazy, to like, just to see, like, the position that I'm in right now and then to see that I am going against a guy that Vaughn went against. And I'm uh, – it's not going to change too much in my preparation because I'm pretty sure he's the same guy, but he don't do everything the same that he did back then. So I'm going to just be watching a current film on him right now. From like the last two or three games to see 
how he's been setting the guys and see if there's any pass rushes similar to me that he's been playing. Watch film on that and make sure uh, I can't find anything else besides what's in my toolbox already to get the job done. Von Miller had a nice game in that Super Bowl, but that was vintage Von Miller. Rimmers, I think, is one of the most unsung Chiefs guys we don't talk about that moves all around the offensive line and does whatever's expected. Shaq Barrett, great year last year with 19 and a half sacks, came way down this year at eight. But that is an interesting matchup with Shaq Barrett. Occasionally, he says he'll be over there with Rimmers. Yeah, I do think that's interesting, isn't it? And uh, I think for Rimmers, it's a chance of redemption. He had a rough Super Bowl five years ago. So, um, you know, six years ago, whenever that happened. It's, this is a it was vintage Vaughn, though. It's a redemption shot for him. He's also playing for money, too. Like, it's a one-year deal for Rimmers. He'll be a free agent after this. He could probably get a nice deal if he plays well in this game because everybody would be focusing on him. So, um, you know, this is a giant test for Andrew Wiley and Mike Rimmers. And... I think there's things Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy can do to help him, to help those guys. Maybe some tight end chips, screens, draws, that type of misdirection, whatever you can to slow down this rush. Um, and also staying ahead of the sticks. Don't be surprised to see the Chiefs legitimately dial up great first down plays to try to stay out of third and long you know, obvious second and long situations. They're going to want to stay out of those because if Tampa knows that the pass is coming, um, that's going to allow them to get after those guys um, with stunts and twists and that sort of thing. Coming up next, uh, your conversation with Dr. Rex Archer, Rex Archer, excuse me, the director of health for the city of Kansas City. Uh, this is about uh, places to, to safely watch the game, but uh, we'll have your interview next with Rex Archer. Sound good to you, Drez? Yeah, let's do it, man. That's all right. All right, we'll come back, and uh, Therese sits down with Dr. Rex, Ar Rex Archer. I recommend uh, it's good stuff from Rex. You're listening to The Therese Paler Show, Monday nights at 7, 610 Sports Radio. And welcome back to Therese Paler Show. Give a follow on Twitter, at Therese Paler, senior NFL writer, Yahoo Sports, also a Hall of Fame voter. All right, Therese, you got a chance to talk to Dr. Rex Archer of the Kansas City uh, Health Department. You guys uh, talked about a variety of things. Yeah, we did. Um, you know how to how to safely enjoy and watch the Super Bowl, whether you went down to Florida or stayed here. Um, potential parade possibilities and a few other things. I, I think you know these are still um, times we need to be careful. And you know, I thought it might be helpful just to talk to you know one of the primary people in charge with helping to keep us safe. So I hope you guys enjoy it and find it educational because I sure did. Yeah, don't forget to 913-576-7610 text line if you have questions for Therese in the final segment. But here is Therese's interview with Dr. Rex Archer. Dr. Archer, thank you for joining us, man. I really appreciate it. Well, good evening. Uh, this is going to be a great evening. We're looking forward to it. Uh, um, I guess I've got some advice for folks. Those that uh, ended up traveling, um, you know, basically they need to be doing the same precautions that we all do day in, day out. The mm -hmm. virus is everywhere. You don't know whether somebody sitting next to you that looks healthy and fine, and they may not know that they've got the virus. So everybody should be wearing masks when they're around folks that aren't in their small closed pod that maybe lives with them. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, uh, we now know with the new virus variants that are more contagious that uh, more and more of us are recommending to even double mask to uh, wear uh, two masks um, so that if you can tolerate that from a breathing standpoint, 
Um, it's a good idea. If you can't tolerate it, then you need to be even extra careful about where you go. The virus can hang around in the indoor environment for quite a while. Mm. Um, we're encouraging folks to not go out to bars and, and taverns and be in crowded environments because uh, the virus can hang in the air. It can recirculate. If you take your mask off to eat or drink, you can get exposed or you may be exposing somebody else. We're also encouraging folks to um, not have, you know, big parties in their homes to watch the game. And I know that's a, a culture and a tradition, and it's really hard to not do that. But, uh, you're, uh, you know, in, in general, whether it's the Super Bowl or anything else, um, we really need to try to look at at most eight to ten other people that are um, all being careful themselves that we hang around with. And uh, so uh, we should be avoiding those situations. Bottom line is wear your mask, wash your hands, stay back from folks because the virus is still way too prevalent in our community. It, that's even if you have been vaccinated because mm. the vaccine may protect you from dying or being hospitalized but we don't have full data on exactly how many people that are vaccinated still can get the disease without knowing they have it and spreading it to others. Mm -hmm. Do we know, like, well, how, how is the virus spreading in the Kansas City area right now? How's that part going? Uh, you know, knock on wood, it is not as bad as it got um, back in November, mm -hmm. um, late October, November, mm -hmm. I think. Um, you know, all of you, the media covered this and kind of helped people understand how important these components are, taking personal responsibility to assume you have this virus and you're not supposed to be spreading it to others. And that's particularly important if you're, you know, if you have a grandmother or grandfather that's living with you or uh, those kinds of things, then you've got to be extra careful that you don't bring that virus home. I got you. So in general, um, in people's homes, like, you know, don't host large gatherings, basically keep it like the amount of people who live in the house normally to basically keep it that way. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the safest default. Mm -hmm. Um, the second is to what we call kind of a, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, a small, um, pod or group where you have, maybe two or three other couples um, that are close friends that you know will be responsible mm -hmm. and are doing what they should be doing every place else so they're less likely to bring it to you. Because to be honest, it's kind of hard to be wearing masks in your own home. Um, right. And even when you have friends over, that's, that's kind of hard to do. And uh, the, the other thing we know, and, and the real challenge, obviously, is that with the excitement of watching a game, what do we like to do? Well, we like to yell and shout and cheer, even oh, if we're in yeah. the home by ourselves. And we know that the virus goes many, many more feet than six feet mm. when people uh, talk loudly. And then if you're shouting or singing, uh, it can really carry so um, yeah, it, that's, uh, I would limit it this year. Um, this won't be the last time the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl, I predict. <laughs> so uh, hopefully uh, next year when we have that chance, uh, uh, we'll be able to celebrate it a different way. Yeah, I know. I know um, 
the city leaders, Mayor Lucas, the Chiefs have already said that if the Chiefs do win, there won't be a traditional classic parade. Do we know like what some of the safe options would be going for like for February, or is it too early to say still? Yeah, and, and I think um, you know the, the the Chiefs have been just stellar all the way along at working with us to make sure that. Uh, those that go to the stadium can do that safely, that we have a great track record of the disease not spreading at that stadium because we've been following all the right practices and components. Mm -hmm. They've also had to do a lot, and the athletes have had to sacrifice a lot to make sure that they weren't getting the virus and exposing other team members. And this has been a tough year, and so... If you can imagine, um, however the game goes, when they come back um, and land in Kansas City, what are they thinking about? They're thinking about getting home safely and being with their family and Mm -hmm. um, don't want to be part of a reason that people end up in the hospital or die because people go out and celebrate Mm -hmm. um, right now. you know, we've had discussions. I'm hoping that we can do something this summer that we will have had enough vaccine that, you know, maybe half or more of the folks that want to get vaccinated are now vaccinated, that we're, we can be safe outdoors and and maybe have some type of an event at the end of the summer. We'll, we'll kind of see. Uh, that really depends on how the virus uh, uh, changes or whether it mutates or not. But, uh, um yeah, it, it, the whole purpose of celebrating is to have joy and celebrate something. And if you do something that celebrates that then causes harm, that kind of takes the fun out of the celebration. Gotcha, gotcha. Hey, last question before I let you go. We really appreciate the time. Um, if people are interested in getting vaccinations, what should they do? Like, what, what can you tell them? Um, so the challenge is that we are barely getting enough vaccine to even handle some of the highest of the high risk folks in regards to people that are putting their job on the line, uh, treating people that have COVID mm-hmm. or folks that don't have paid sick leave that are working in various situations and are at high risk to be exposed um, and have conditions. So unfortunately, we just have to continue to do all the things that we've been doing. Um, other countries, Australia, New Zealand, Germany, places have got this outbreak under control before we had vaccine. Mm-hmm. So you can do things to reduce your risk and be relatively safe while, unfortunately, you're going to have to wait for the vaccine. There just isn't enough yet available for most folks to get it. Uh, I do encourage everybody to sign up on the various websites if they have internet access if not you can call if you're a city resident you can call 311 and uh, we can walk you through to be able to get you uh, in the queue for being contacted when we have vaccine Uh, but the amount of doses of vaccine that are coming to the city uh, to our health department uh, coming potentially next week we're talking about only one dose per thousand people in wow. our city. Wow. So, so we're not going to be getting a lot of vaccine for a while. 
um, unfortunately. Um, so people need to protect themselves the way they have so far through this. Um, and, um, and even after you get the vaccine, as I said, um, it, you know, it may reduce your chances of dying by 95% or being hospitalized, but it doesn't reduce your chances of getting the disease and spreading it to somebody else. And you didn't know that by that amount. So you still need to be, be careful and part of our kind of our Kansas city team, for lack of a better way of saying it, uh, uh, as a team that we're looking out for, for each other. What I do recommend though, is that folks that may have not done what they should have done. Um, maybe they traveled to the game in Florida. Maybe they ended up in some situations that they shouldn't have been mm-hmm. uh, to try to get tested at least five to seven days uh, in that range after a major exposure that you might have had. Now, if you're symptomatic, you need to get tested immediately. Mm-hmm. But if you're if you know that you did something you shouldn't have done, um, then I recommend getting tested five to seven days after you did that, uh, because that way you may not know you've got the disease, but the test can tell you, and then you may not infect as many other people. Got you. Got you. Dr. Art, you've been generous with your time. Thank you so much. Uh, this is very informative. We appreciate it. Uh-huh. Go Chiefs. All right. All right. Thank you. <laughs> There's Therese's interview with Dr. Rex Archer. We'll get Therese's thoughts on the other side, plus your comments, 913-576-7610. We'll do Ask Therese, the final uh, segment, and get his reaction next. You're listening to The Therese Paler Show, Monday nights at 7, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Therese Paler Show. This will be out on podcast uh, later on tonight. Therese, your interview with Dr. Rex Archer. Talking about maybe the parade, the vaccines, you name it, safely watching the game. Yeah, just something a little different. You know, I know um, as we continue to do this thing, I'd like to have more people on. And I know people are going to enjoy this game, right? This is going to be an awesome experience. Just, you know, I wanted to have Dr. Roger on just so people had the information to potentially make the best choices for them. No harm in that. All right, Therese, let's uh, do what we normally do. Let's do your questions and let's go around the NFL. Well, Therese, today was media day for the players, so you knew the fun questions were going to be there. There wasn't a bunch. We talked about it. Not a lot. But there was a few. Patrick Mahomes was asked about his spirit animal, who he thought it would be. Do you happen to know what your spirit animal is, by the way? Gosh, I thought about that for approximately five seconds yeah, today. I did. I, I don't know, man. I, I need a little bit more time than that. <laughs> It would be something like I would like to think is understanding, but tough but necessary, and I don't know a natural protector. I don't know. I got what, who's yours? What's your spirit? I mean, animal? I don't know. I'd say like a bulldog or something. Because my grandpa's bulldog, <laughs> he sit around and drink beer and stuff, you know, and he couldn't really jump up I on things. It. It's kind of like me. But uh, here was Mahomes. Uh, 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 Here's Mahomes' spirit animal, and he tried to guess what Travis Kelsey's would be. Man, spirit animal nickname. I, I, I would like to be like a wolf. I feel like a wolf uh, kind of running around with my pack and uh, being able to, to be a leader and someone that uh, continues to attack and, and continues to lead as much as possible. Uh, what about your bud, uh, Travis Kelsey? What do you think his is? Travis, man. Um, it's got to be something funny. I think he'd be like a giraffe. You know, he's kind of he's just out there 
grazing around the field, uh, trying to make something happen, you know, finding different different things that he can uh, run around and do stuff with. And he's, he's always a, a good time. So Mahomes called Kelsey a giraffe. Here's what Kelsey calls himself. I grew up a Heights Tiger, man. I, I, I grew up playing the eye of the tiger in every single sports moment in my life. So I feel like I've always had the eye of the tiger, man. So there you go. Kelsey's a tiger. Mahomes is a wolf. Now, Kelsey was asked, since Mahomes was asked what Kelsey's would be, he was asked what Mahomes should be, Travis did, was. <laughs> I think he's uh, he's got a little frog in him, man. I think the guy's got, got a little frog. He's already got the voice of a frog. So, uh... <laughs> Who knows, man? Maybe he'll get a he'll get a kiss from a, from a princess and turn into a knight. Who knows, man? You guys know. <laughs> so there you go. That was the fun today. The spirit animals, Therese. Mahomes says Kelsey's a giraffe, just, and Kelsey says uh, Mahomes is a frog. Just a little bit of typical media night humor there. <laughs> there wasn't much of it, a but little a little bit. bit but those were kids' questions. Yeah, no, that's good, man. I enjoyed that. Something a little different. The kids had all right. This is the S Therese portion. Of the program, 913-576-7610 is the text line. All right, here's one from the 816. Whose defense is better, last year's Niner or this year's Bucks? It's a good question. Um, well, I mean, at, at the end of the day, man, like both defenses are obviously fantastic for obvious reasons. Here's here's what we're going to go ahead and do. We're, we're going to trust analytics, all right? We're going to do that. Tampa Bay's defense this year was fifth in terms of DVOA. San Francisco's was second in terms of DVOA. So we're going to go San Francisco. We're going to trust that defense. We're going to trust analytics. And that actually passes my eye test, too. <laughs> Here's one from the 954. Therese, who is a bigger name, Turk Wharton or Sneed? Do they both get a sack? Will Sammy Watkins have more than 75 yards and a touchdown? All right, what's addressed first? Hey, I know it's to your question, but Turk Wartner, Sneed, come on, man. Sneed's got a uh, sack in four straight games. Yeah, Sneed is probably going to have to bring it a few times off the edge, but I've, I've really been impressed by Turk, man. I think he's a, got a chance to be a good player. What a steal he was. Um, but no, Sneed is Sneed's going to play more, I think, and Sneed's going to definitely have a chance to have a bigger impact on the game. Yeah, it's one thing about these corner blitzes, Therese, we've now seen him in five straight games. Four by Snead, mm-hmm. he didn't play in the Chargers game. Baker played before he got hurt and got a sack. I'm sitting here thinking, man, Legereus Snead, the way they're using him these last four games, dude could have like eight or nine sacks, really, if he'd been doing this all year. I think I think he's one of the he's got the potential to be a Mike Hilton like blitzer, and Hilton's one of the best blitzing corners in football. You know, um the sack numbers won't always be there, but the pressures will be. And I mean, he's pretty valuable in coverage, too. Like, I, I think this guy's got a chance to be a really good player. And I know the Chiefs internally are very happy with his development. So, you know, let's let's give some credit to those guys for they, they, were, they found a way to rebuild their secondary basically in two or three years while only using a couple premium assets on that, right, in Matthew, right, and a second-round pick. You know, the rest of those guys, they got kind of off the – not off the scrap heap, but they found them at a value. And, you know, that's how you compete. That's how you win. You know, kudos to them, man. From the 913, and I know you're on Thursday at 830 with Fesco in the morning. I don't know if you have your official prediction out, but from the 913 is asking Therese a final score. I'll pick the Chiefs to win 38 to 34. Okay. I don't, I don't, I just don't pick against Mahomes. I don't do it. But the Chiefs fans should understand there's a scenario for them to lose this game. 
and it starts with the Bucks kicking the Chiefs' butt up front, if that happens. If the Chiefs get decent blocking, they'll win. But if the Bucks overwhelm their offensive line, you know, all bets are off here. All right, Therese, you and I often talk food. We have a minute left in the program for the 816. <laughs> Therese, give me the number one snack idea that I need to have on Super Bowl Sunday. I, I don't. I personally, Big, don't know how you can have Super Bowl Sunday without wings. <laughs> I just don't know. Like, how could you have it without wings? You can't. Um, yeah, I mean, you got to have buffalo wings or barbecue wings. Like, it's, that's a fundamental part of, of your Super Bowl spread, along with pizza uh, and also buffalo dip. Amazing. Love it, man. Oh, we got it. Just got done with Buffalo. Cutting Gold won a bet, and they sent him them wings and pizza here at the station. It's a delicious thing, those Buffalo wings. But when we're done with this, Trez, we need to go out and have some Buffalo wings. Sound good? Hey, man. As soon as the pandemic's over. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks a lot, Trez. You have it sent to me. We'll we'll do it virtually. (laughs) Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, Trez. We'll talk to you later. That's the Trez Paylor Show. Uh, This week it'll be podcast. Huge thanks to Nick Price producing the operation. Coming up next, though. Mahomes calls himself the wolf. This is the dirty werewolf and Nick Price. Red reaction. Next! How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.